Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. What's up, my loves? I want to share some exciting stuff with you. Listen, it's this new app that I discovered called Actio, A-C-T-I-O. Actio is the first social platform making personal growth through mentor-led live classes, easy and accessible. So after you download the app and sign up for free, you can choose from over 140 live classes around a variety of topics, all related to self-growth and learning new things. How cool is that? This can be anything from fitness to meditation to career coaching. You can pick any live cast that suits your schedule and join with just one click, honey. And a really cool feature that's unique to Actio is that a couple of minutes before the live cast starts, you will receive a call. So, honey, there's no way that you're going to miss that class, okay? Classes are usually only 15 to 30 minutes, so it's enough time for you to do something good for yourself and short enough to fit into any schedule. I love this so much, and I'm sure you're going to love it too. So go ahead and download the app at actio.com, A-C-T-I-O.com. And guess what, honey? I'm going to be hosting some live casts on Actio so soon. So I'll see you there. Lots of love. Mwah. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. Today's guest is Marianne Williamson. She is a spiritual icon and a political activist. She's written over 14 books, four of which have been number one New York Times bestsellers. Uh, she is also the founder of Project Angel Food, a nonprofit that has delivered more than 13 million meals to ill and dying homebound patients since 1989. The group was created to help people suffering from the ravages of HIV AIDS. In 2004, she co-founded the Peace Alliance and supports the creation of a U.S. Department of Peace. And this year, in 2021, Marion launched marionwilliamson.substack.com and the Transform Podcast. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Everyone, I hope you have your notebook ready, and I hope you're sitting down with a cup of tea, because today's guest is someone who I have been uh, so deeply inspired uh, for so long. Today's guest is the legendary, iconic Marianne Williamson. Welcome to the show. Oh, Hi. thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Truly so honored that you're uh, taking the time to speak to us, to educate us, and to inspire us. Uh, where are you, by the way? I'm in my apartment in Washington, D.C. 
Okay, cool. I'm in LA. I still want to come out there and see you yeah. and get a, a metaphysical yeah. tour of DC. Yeah. I wonder what that's yeah. going to be like. Oh my God. Yeah. You, you guys should come. We'll, we'll have to plan that because uh, there's a lot here. Those there monuments is. are really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we go anywhere, first question I first question I ask every guest is, who are you right now? I think who I am right now is who I have always been. I think that the, you know, the Course in Miracles says enlightenment is a shift in self-perception from body identification to spirit identification. Mm -hmm. So the more you mature in your spiritual understanding, the more you realize your body is just a set of clothes. Mm -hmm. And who you are is who you have always been. And I think that that applies not only to this lifetime, but to eternity, really. The Course mm -hmm. says birth is not the beginning of your life, but a continuation. And your physical death is not the end of your life, but a continuation. I mm -hmm. remember my father saying, mm. and I was a young woman at the time, mm. but I've come to understand it more and more. He said, you know, when you're old, you don't feel old. Mm. Because who you really are inside is not the you that ages. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very important point to try to remember because all of our suffering mm. emerges from what is uh, Eckhart call it the pain body, the identification mm -hmm. with ego, the identification with what's going on in your life at any particular moment, mm -hmm. which causes an emotional reaction, but which is by definition transitory. Mm -hmm. So when you ask me, who am I right now? I realize I have a choice how I answer that, not just in terms of how I answer you, but how I answer myself. Mm. I love this. And I love that you talk about the transitory nature of all phenomena. I think oftentimes our circumstances feel so solid and so permanent, and we lose ourselves in our pain, and then we harm ourselves because we're in pain, and then we cause harm to other people, um, understanding that the fabric of life is transitory, is always moving, always changing, something that I'm constantly reminding myself. And having these moments lately where I see um, a friend giving a hug to another friend and celebrating that friend's success. And I'm just watching it and saying, wow, that's never happened before and they will never happen again. And that's just a passing wave. <sighs> it kind of brings tears to my eyes sometimes to just like glimpse at that, you know, the constant grief that it is to be human, right? Mm, well, you can look at it that way. Mm -hmm. um, the the wave, the passing wave, if you only identify with that passing wave, then yes, it's constant grief. That's why Buddha said life is suffering. Mm -hmm. But that is not the ultimate reality. The ultimate it's reality mm -hmm. is the identification with the ocean itself, and that does not change. Eternal right. life does not change. That's the meaning of eternity, the one place mm -hmm. where God's time intersects with with the world sleep, mm -hmm. you know, worldly time is mm -hmm. in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And that is the reality, the ultimate reality of any given moment, followed mm -hmm. by the ultimate reality of any given moment, followed mm -hmm. by the ultimate reality of any given moment. And, mm -hmm. and spiritual discipline and maturity is realizing that we mm -hmm. have a choice where we focus. Mm -hmm. So even with what you just said, the mm -hmm. beauty of that, somebody celebrating somebody's success, that was the eternal reality. The eternal reality was two people reaching towards one another in love. Mm -hmm. 
So in my conversation with you right now, I have two choices. I can think about various things that are going on in my life and some mm-hmm. of which might make me happy, some of which might make me stressed. Or mm-hmm. I can be fully present with you right now, mm-hmm. knowing that all of the paths of your life led you to this moment. Mm-hmm. All of the paths of my life led me to this moment. Mm-hmm. And together, by our sharing in the deepest authenticity and generosity and compassion for one another and the world, we might create something beautiful and holy and true. Mm. That's what spiritual musculature is. It's mm. mental discipline. It's it's emotional discipline. The word discipline comes from the same root as the word disciple. Mm. And also there's a line in The Course in Miracles that says, you achieve so little because mm-hmm. you have undisciplined minds. So I've I've learned not just ideationally, not just philosophically, not just mm-hmm. abstractly, but I've learned enough in my own experience to know that the choice that I make, mm-hmm. that we've just been discussing, is mm-hmm. the choice between happiness and suffering. That's right. So you kind of get that. to the point where these things, you realize that these principles aren't being presented from a you should do this type of place. Mm -hmm. They're just presented from a just thought you might like to know type of place. (laughs) Casual. If you identify with the things of the world, you will grasp and you will suffer. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you don't enjoy the things of the world. It doesn't mean you don't work on the things of the world, mm-hmm. but you work on them from the realization that mm-hmm. they are the way you express in time and space, but mm-hmm. the time and space is not the ultimate reality. And that paradox is what I've been dancing on lately. It's what I've been like really enjoying learning and really seeing. Can I handle these sort of like, contradicting experiences simultaneously happening at the same time. You know, can I see the grief in in and being deeply present and and experiencing deep beauty simultaneously knowing that isn't this isn't the fullest reality because what I see isn't uh what what meets the eye isn't the fullest ex- isn't the true nature of reality. It's one aspect of reality. Can I dance with relative truth while experiencing the divine in all things? Can I understand that suffering implies grace and that life implies death? Can I, you know, dance with this paradox? Um, it's been such an interesting thing to, to see how our, 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 our non-dual mind can't, can't really like, uh, really hold paradox as being like one of the greatest teachings of the Buddha. You know, in one morning he would tell somebody, God doesn't exist. And that same night, he'll say, God exists, you know, just depending where you're at and what kind of jolt and you need it to kind of orient your mind towards a better version of you. Am I making sense? Yeah, but I think the Buddha mind does hold the paradox. That's why he said in the same day both That's things. That's right. Yeah. I also think that the dance that you're talking about is particularly painful right now. Yeah. Just in terms of the historical epic that we're living through. Mm. Because I don't think there's ever been a time in history where the dichotomy was so dramatic, mm-hmm. where the choice was so significant, where mm-hmm. it presented such a um such a challenge 
to choose life or death for the entire mm-hmm. species and for the planet itself. Mm-hmm. So to live within the space of knowing that love works miracles every moment, to live within the space of knowing that in any given moment we can choose that love, that we can live within the ecstatic Shakti knowingness that yes. we're here, this is real, this is going on, and that yeah. something divine is flowing through us as we do, that compared to the overwhelming power of the temporal and worldly forces based on fear, based on conflict, based on danger, based on soullessness, based on sociopathy, creating so much suffering to to live the turbulence. This is Mm -hmm. such a turbulent moment. We're Mm -hmm. trying to dance, just even to trying to swim, just even trying to keep your head above water. Forget trying to dance within it. Trying Mm -hmm. to keep your head above water uh, that we're trying to love over here and the Taliban is cutting off people's hands over there and mm-hmm. the only reason they're cutting off people's hands is because we conducted a war for $2 trillion with our tax dollars that was so horrifyingly based on profits for the U.S. military machine that these all these people are now suffering while we're talking about our sweet little abstract conversations. It's difficult to live with all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to live with all that, but I think that is the paradox. And mm-hmm. like I said, I think that that is what Buddha, the Buddha mind holds. To say that it's non-dual, um, the, our, our proper understanding of the world is non-dual, but the human experience of the world is within the duality until we have, have ev- in, become fully enlightened. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the more, you know, if you look at it in terms of uh, the reality of Jesus, I think the most... Um, the most powerful line in the Bible is Jesus wept. Mm. And it wasn't just because of his own circumstances. It's because of everything that you and I are talking about. I think that Mm -hmm. the idea, and this is what the Judeo-Christian concepts bring in, in addition to the Buddha. The Buddha describes how reality operates. But Mm -hmm. the idea of a personal God is particularly poignant because it is the idea that God feels your suffering, even though it is not real, even though it is based on illusion. His love Mm -hmm. is so great that he cares about the suffering itself. Mm, oh my God! You know, recently I started to open up to like Jesus and and Mother Mary, um, and I even got uh, Virgin Guadalupe tattooed on my on my body, on my on my ribs, on the left side, and I even got God is in everything tattooed in my in my. I'm just like having this whole moment, you know, where I'm like waking up to a whole nother. Um, you know, aspect of of spirituality and tradition, and just opening up to this to the to a different kind of warmth and motherly energy. You know, um, and then as I as I as I research and study and talk, I realized that Jesus was such a radical, such a, 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 a you know an incredibly radical individual, like like uh, the Buddha and and these mystics and yourself. You know, I'm sitting in front of such a radical person. Love is radical. And particularly a day, particularly a time like this, to be anything other than radical is to be complicit in the most insane mm-hmm. paradigm. Mm-hmm. So true. All that radical means is of the root. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just we're we're so busy talking symptoms. We're not mm-hmm. talking cause. Mm-hmm. We're we're constantly avoiding the deeper conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, about what causes all the suffering and the kinds of changes that we have to make mm-hmm. to stop it. And mm-hmm. that is radical. And mm-hmm. once again, there are tremendous worldly forces that would resist our doing so. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that they express their resistance is by calling us radical. But the way they're using the word is as though to scare people. The way we're using the word gives us comfort. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We're having a real conversation. Yeah. So what is it? What are, what, when we think about like, why do you think people resist, you know, the, the sort of things that they know that has to be done in the world? Like, why do you think there is this kind of pushback? Why is it that some people think that they're doing good, but they're actually doing tremendous harm? Why is there this kind of like massive lack of congruency with like, you know, people who have a lot of means that could help and, you know, um, poverty and hunger and, and disease and, and to some degree, why is it that people hold back? Why is like greed such, and I'm asking such a big question, but when I get to sit with, with Marion Williamson, I get to ask the big questions, you know? Um, why is it that we're, people are so greedy? You know, what is this about? Who, who is it? Who are you referring to that thinks they're doing great harm, that thinks they're doing great good, but are actually doing great harm? Who would that be? I mean, looking at the, the, the government structures and the super They they don't think they're doing, no, 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 no. They don't think they're doing great good. No, that, that's not what, no, no, they don't. They think that. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, they're, they're, not, they're not fooling themselves. They're not stupid. They think they're doing great good for them. They think they're doing great good for their family. They think they're doing great good for what is essentially an aristocratic royalist system that leaves the majority of people in relative serfdom. They think they're doing that. If you ask them whether that's ultimate good as defined by some of the religious teachings that they themselves purport to ascribe to, I doubt that they would actually say yes. Mm. Boom. You know, the bigger problem is not people who wake up in the morning and try to do harm. The bigger problem is all the people who wake up in the morning and don't feel it's their moral responsibility to do good. Mm -hmm. An example, let's say the CEO of a fossil fuel company. Mm -hmm. A fossil fuel company is not, a CEO is not waking up in the morning saying, how many children uh, can can we poison today with the fumes that they will be breathing? That's not Mm -hmm. what that person is saying to themselves. That person is saying to themselves that my responsibility, therefore my doing good, is increasing uh, the fiduciary gain of my stockholders. Because that's Mm -hmm. what that person was taught in school and schooled in by the economic paradigm of the last 40 years Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. has found a perverse comfort zone within that within that lane Mm -hmm. and is saying to themselves, well, you know, if, if that person, uh, if there's somebody being hurt by this, that's not my responsibility. That's the responsibility of government or their parents or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. a failure to take responsibility. So that's how you get out of it because you're not Mm -hmm. telling yourself you're caught, you're intentionally causing great harm because you're not necessarily intentionally causing great harm. Mm. And now in the case of the forever war machine, which was definitely, look at Afghanistan over the last 20 years, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they are saying, well, this is just what has to be to improve American security, even though they know that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And they know that this has to do with the fact, for instance, that the Afghanistan war uh, was a $2.3 trillion war. $2 trillion of it went uh, to military contractors. They know that. They're not stupid. So mm-hmm. let's not get let them off the hook with this. They think they're doing great good. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that they are 
uh, fortifying a system mm-hmm. uh, that they don't want to think too much about in moral terms. And mm-hmm. we, the people, are not making them. That's mm-hmm. the real question. Why are mm-hmm. we putting up with it? Mm. Can we end poverty with $2 trillion globally? We could end. We could end deep, deep. We could end deep poverty with less than that. If mm. over the next, we could do that over the next ten years. If the richest countries in the world uh, decided to end deep poverty, we have a billion people on this planet who live on less than one dollar and twenty-five cents a day. Uh, it's called the bottom billion, and then we have mm-hmm. two billion above that who live on less than two billion a day. And absolutely, two dollars uh, we could eradicate it. Yeah, two dollars. Yeah, two dollars a day. Here in our own country, we had mm-hmm. even before COVID, we had forty three billion, uh, forty three million people living near poverty. We have a thirty something million who live with uh, hunger, uh, food insecurity in the United States. Absolutely, we could stop this. These things are policy choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, during this time since COVID began, the poverty rate has gone down. Why? Because of all the stimulus checks that were given. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm. we could uh, we could end poverty in this country. But mm-hmm. there are tremendous forces arrayed uh, against our doing so mm-hmm. because of this royalist aristocratic mentality our and our representative and accumulation. Mm-hmm. 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 And our representative democracy is not working. So when you have a representative democracy that works, we mm-hmm. elect people who go to Washington and they represent our needs and they represent our will and they represent mm-hmm. our consciousness. And mm-hmm. if you actually look at poll after poll, mm-hmm. the consciousness of the American people is not the problem. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at it as poll after poll, the majority of Americans want Medicare for all. The majority of Americans want stronger environmental regulation. The mm-hmm. people are not the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is that our government has become a system of legalized bribery, and it, it does more to serve the bottom line profit of huge multinational corporations who donate to those campaigns than it mm-hmm. does to serve the will of the people. Mm-hmm. In order to change that, We Mm -hmm. must take radical action. But Mm -hmm. if you ask me what is that radical action to take, Mm -hmm. I would have to say to you that I, like many other people, don't know. That's what's so perilous about this moment. Mm -hmm. Because what we have politically is we have these two major political parties. Mm -hmm. One represents a nosedive for democracy. One represents a managed decline. Mm -hmm. And they are both so infused with the corporate uh, profit bottom line at the expense of the health and the safety and well-being of people and animals and planet. Mm. So what do you do? Do you keep trying to work within the party that there seems to be some kind of a chance? Mm -hmm. Or do you go another way, an independent candidacy, third party, in -hmm. which case you risk uh, helping to elect a fascist? So I, I I don't... Mm-hmm. claim to know the answer to that question because mm-hmm. I'm living with the question just like so many people are. But mm-hmm. I do know what the, que- what, uh, I do know, I, I'm sorry if I said I didn't know what the question was. I know what the question is. I don't know what the answer is to that mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's difficult. It's, mm-hmm. it's everything we're talking about here. That's right. But I know what the question is and the question itself is radical. And the very mm-hmm. fact that we ask it is what's important. So, you know, I'm sure you know the book, um, Letters to a Young Poet. 
Mm. Um, you've read that, right? By Rilke. I haven't read it. Mm. I should oh my read goodness, it. you'd you'd love it. Okay. And mm. he says, and Rilke says, when you don't know the answer to a question, you have to live the question. Mm-hmm. And that can be very difficult. And as Americans, it's everything that you said, dancing with the difficulty of the question. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. emotionally. And I think it's very hard for mm-hmm. the American mind because we are good with a to-do list. Just tell us what to do. Tell mm-hmm. us what to do. Tell us what to do and we'll <laughs> do it. And that if you look at something like World War II, World War II, the, the Nazi empire in World War II and the Japanese imperial army, they were like operable tumors. And what we had to do and what a former generation did do was brilliantly surgically remove the tumor. Mm -hmm. This is different today. This Mm. is a cancer that's already metastasized. And if you mess with it here, Mm -hmm. it's wrapped around a healthy organ. Mm -hmm. So we have to take this integrative approach. It's not as simple. There's no silver bullet here. Mm. So it has to do with all of us mm. meditating, praying, dedicating our lives, trying to understand, be conscious, and then each of us mm-hmm. receiving the mm-hmm. wisdom and the direction mm-hmm. that will take us forward. And that's why I think this is such a painful moment because mm-hmm. that's what everybody's sitting in. We know something's terribly wrong, but we're not sure what we individually are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I do know this. The more we come to understand what's really happening, the more the real solutions will emerge. Mm. Oh, my God. You said so many things. I have so many questions. But two things have come up. I'm just going to say it out loud, and then we can kind of take them in direction. One, one thing I was talking to um, uh, someone that has worked in politics, he said that a big problem is that politics is now filled with career politicians, people who've never mm-hmm. been poor, who've never worked in the field. I think I'm good at what I do because I've experienced suicidal depression, because I experienced crippling anxiety, because... I was an addict and I've been able to overcome these things. That's why I think I'm good at what I do, helping people to experience the other side of that of that equation. And so that came up, one thing. And then on the other side of it, I also thought about us posing the question in our minds, like, uh, here's the problem. How could I be part of the solution? That brings up this this uh, prophecy of the second coming or like Maitreya, right? The second, the next Buddha, the second coming of Christ and and not being a physical entity, but being a state of consciousness where we're all this emanation bodies of this, this great being of this great illuminated consciousness. Um, so I just wanted to throw these two things because there's so much okay. that you said. I was like, okay. oh my God. So, okay. So let's take both. Mm. Okay. Let's take both of them. First of all is the issue about money and career politicians. And your friend is absolutely correct because mm-hmm. of the he undue you, influence. The oh, David, thank Kim. You. David Kim. Oh, I know David. Yes. Yeah. So it, because of the undue influence of money, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to even run for office if you don't either have uh, personal wealth or access mm-hmm. to ways to receive personal wealth. As a consequence, you're right. Most of the people in Congress, most of them don't have a freaking clue the level of mm-hmm. suffering going on among mm-hmm. tens of millions of Americans. You know, before I lived here, and at first I didn't know, I just knew intuitively that I should come here. Mm-hmm. But it was no specific activity. I just wanted my ear to the ground energetically, having had such an intense experience of the political machine myself. Mm -hmm. I had always heard that Washington is in a bubble, but it is more than a bubble, Sa. Mm. It is more on a level of energy, more like a walled city. 
It is this industry town where everybody's having this conversation about political mechanics. It's all about political car mechanics. Mm-hmm. But you and I would look at it and go, the problem is that the car is on the wrong road. The problem <laughs> is that the car is heading towards a cliff. But there are not enough people here making the big decisions who are, as you said, deeply sensitive mm-hmm. to all of the people whose individual lives are headed mm-hmm. towards that cliff or even mm-hmm. falling over them as we speak. Mm-hmm. So your friend is absolutely correct. And that's going to take a massive uprising. The only way to override that is a massive rising uh, uprising of consciousness mm-hmm. among people. We mm-hmm. need a constituency of dreamers and wise people. You know, young people are still young enough to be dreaming, and that's what makes them wise. Mm -hmm. People who are old enough have gotten old enough to be wise, which makes them dreamers again. Mm. In between there, there is such a temptation in those middle years to all this pseudo-sophisticated, pseudo-intellectual, artificially complicated analyses of the world that really obstruct Uh, the progress that the dreamers and the wise among us know is necessary. Also, because the current system is so toxic and corrupt, too many of the dreamers and the wise ones want nothing to do with politics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's, they love that. The people Mm -hmm. who run the show as it is now just love that. They love that you have a podcast and that you talk to people about being wise and being spiritual. As long as you don't get involved in politics, they're just so happy for you to just have a wonderful life. That's Mm -hmm. how sick the game is. Mm -hmm. Now, the second Mm -hmm. thing that you brought up, there's a line in the Course in Miracles that I love that says, when he shall return, in parentheses, when he shall be perceived. Mm. He never left. Mm. <laughs> he, he, he just means the truth in who you are and the truth That's who right. I am. So mm-hmm. the second coming is mm-hmm. the realization of what has always been there, but which is obscured by ego consciousness. Mm-hmm. Duality. And yeah. he returns, mm. yeah. And he mm. returns in any given moment that we see him in one another. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. So, I mean, here's, I've, I've started to have people who have a, a foot on the, uh, a foot, no, an entire body or an entire, you know, a, half of their body is in the political space for a reason, you know, in the podcast, because I want to educate the listeners as well as educate myself and like the movement towards um, a, a world where, where politics uh, has been spiritualized. And we also, I've heard from Ben and I've heard from you talking about this, that the politics was built on ceremonial magic. So it was essentially built to support people to live better lives, but something along the way got fucked up, excuse my language, and it became this greed machine, right? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it's not like something was fucked up along the way. It was fucked up at the beginning Mm. because out of 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, Mm. 41 of them were slave owners. So for black people in America, Mm. it was always fucked up. It didn't become fucked up. So let's talk Mm. about what that means. Mm. This extraordinary thing happened where in the Declaration of Independence, this gigantic step forward was taken in the moral development and the spiritual development of humanity Mm -hmm. in that it was coded into this document, the very idea that all men are created equal. 
Mm. The very idea that all men are have inalienable rights given by God mm-hmm. to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that all men should be e- treated equally by the law and have equal rights and opportunities. Mm-hmm. We, we, we look to that, you can call it ceremonial magic, but certainly it was a ritual of great import politically mm-hmm. and morally, which was the signing of that document. On the other hand, 41 of the men who signed the document talk about living in two worlds. That's right. On one, I mean, it's so profound because on one hand, they were risking their lives to sign it. Mm-hmm. Because if the British had won the war, all of the men who signed that document would have been hanged for treason. By, by signing it, they were committing an act of treason and they knew it. But yet at the same time, 41 Mm -hmm. of them were slave owners. Mm -hmm. So that struggle has always been with this this country. Now, Mm -hmm. the thing is, Mm -hmm. and every generation has lived out this struggle. Ours Mm -hmm. no different than any other. Mm -hmm. Over time, Mm -hmm. we have tended to self-correct. We followed slavery with abolition. We followed women's uh, oppression, institutionalized suppression of women with the women's suffragette movement. Mm -hmm. We followed segregation with civil rights, et cetera. The problem we have today, which is as as dangerous as has been lived by any generation, has Mm. to do with the financial corruption of our system now being codified into law. Mm. That is because our Supreme Court ruled back in the 70s that money was free speech. And then in around 2010, 2011, I think 2010, the Supreme Court passed a decision called Citizens United, Mm. which now gives corporations unlimited power to influence our uh, elections. Mm. So when you ask, when did it get this bad? For Mm -hmm. the modern era, it started getting this bad in about 1980 with the advent of trickle-down economics which was the idea that mm-hmm. as long as the small group of corporate giants and and hugely wealthy people make more money, mm-hmm. that that would be good for mm-hmm. everyone because they would create jobs and all that money would trickle down into the lives of the majority of people. Now, after mm-hmm. 40 years, the jury is in. That is not what has occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has left millions of people without even a life vest when you look at the at the economic conditions of the average American in the 1970s compared to now, mm-hmm. so we we have a struggle on our hands, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and our generation, you know, where I find my hope is that other generations have risen up, mm-hmm. and I think we will as well. But the reason conversations like you and I are, ha- are having is so important is because mm. first we have to figure out the mind game that has been played here. And that's mm. another thing. Those mm. of us with a background in psychology, spirituality, and all of the transformation, we're the ones, I mm-hmm. think, mm. who have the greatest capacity Mm. to understand because we know what a mind fuck is we know mm-hmm. what manipulation is we know how sociopaths behave mm-hmm. that that is a conversation we actually mm-hmm. are more familiar with mm-hmm. you know they they we're looked at like we're naive we don't know what's really going on no they're naive they don't know what's really going on mm-hmm. <laughs> are you with me the mm-hmm. traditional political types so mm-hmm. when we bring our wisdom to bear Mm-hmm. Uh, what's happening politically, socially, and economically, I think uh, there's a portal there 
uh, for us to forge and to walk right through. It's kind of like the parting of the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a tunnel that needs to be created in the sea. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's what we're all trying to do. Mm, Beautiful. And when it comes to like each person stepping to the stepping into the movement and, le- and and creating change. One thing I've been saying, and I want to hear what you have to say about it, it's like, think of a cause that moves you. If it's the environment, then think about a, a way for you to, to create change in that space. If it's this, the, if it's uh, gay rights, if it's women's rights, if it's uh, poverty, if it's hunger, like think about, I mean, you've literally, if I read your resume, it's like absurd how much, how much you've done in your life. It is literally a saintly curriculum that you've written for yourself. It's so beautiful. Thank you for that. So for the you listener who, for, um, yes, you're so welcome, my dear. For the listener, like, what do we, um, how do, do you, do you like it? how do we really orient people towards like if it's the prison system, if you want to change this punitive justice approach to, 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 um, to change, you know, like we, that's the individual go out and focus on one specific things and the unification will happen. We're all seeking to better Mm. the world, right? In this case, America, Uh, we're talking here. Absolutely correct. I think that just as every cell in the body is assigned, some are assigned mm-hmm. to the pancreas, some are assigned to the lungs, some are assigned to the stomach, etc., we're all assigned. And what mm-hmm. you just said is is that assignment that we feel, our dharma. If you have a passion about the environment, that's your assignment. If you have a passion about animals, that's your assignment. If you have a passion about whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I think in addition to that, people are understanding what's called today intersectionality. Mm-hmm. which is you can't just play whack-a-mole and try to fix this area and then play, you know, then there's going to be another area. They All those problems emanate from the same source. Mm-hmm. And that is the corrupt, corruption of our political system, which mm-hmm. is a reflection of the corruption of our own consciousness, including mm-hmm. our dissociation from politics. Mm-hmm. So I think politics and electoral politics particularly is the um, collective assignment mm-hmm. that we must also attend mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Wow. So one other thing I wanted to talk about before we jump into like, I think uh, something to learn and be educated regularly is is subscribing to your Substack, which is uh, what you're sending out on a daily basis, right? Thank you so much. I really have, um, it's a platform that I'm really pouring my heart in because every morning there's a little meditation. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, or evening, often late evening, uh, almost every day, there's something that might be a spiritual reflection, but is often a reflection of the kinds of things that you and I are talking about. Mm -hmm. The war in Afghanistan is a perfect example. And Mm. there's a whole section of people go to Mm. the homepage at Mm marianwilliamson.substack.com. There's a whole section there called um, Reflections on Afghanistan and I have completed a podcast that's produced mm-hmm. by John Ahrens that's just magnificent called The War in Afghanistan, mm. a, an effort to more deeply understand. And I mm-hmm. hope, Sal, that you will listen to it, that mm-hmm. Ben will listen to it, that your listeners will listen to it and spread it around. The official narrative regarding Afghanistan, just like mm. the official narrative regarding Vietnam, just like the official narrative regarding um Iraq is, Mm -hmm. oops, well, too bad. Okay, let's move on. Mm -hmm. And all Mm -hmm. that that means is that we will be doing it again. For those of us uh, 
who mm-hmm. understand that the law of cause and effect is inviolable. Mm-hmm. For those of us who understand karma is, mm-hmm. we are the ones who, if anyone should understand, you cannot continue messing with the universe like this. You mm-hmm. can't do it. You mm-hmm. cannot cause death, destruction on a massive scale so that a few of you make billions of dollars and not expect the universe at some point to say that's enough. Yeah. You know, the Course in Miracles says there is a limit beyond which the Son of God cannot miscreate. You have free will, but if you keep acting in a destructive direction long enough, it will stop working. It mm-hmm. simply will stop working. Mm-hmm. This is why we do interventions with our friends who are drinking too much. This mm-hmm. is why we do interventions with people we know who are taking drugs too much. Because we've all been around to kn- enough to know it can't go like, you keep doing it like this, honey, you're going to die. That's so right. all your friends come together and say, we, we cannot watch you k- kill yourself. We yeah. need to have an intervention on, um, on the American political system. Mm-hmm. And that's what politics should be. Also, I want to I want to point out something else from what you said earlier about mm-hmm. making spiritual, making politics spiritual. Mm-hmm. Gandhi said, mm-hmm. is not politics a part of Dharma too? Mm-hmm. Spirituality is not some other category of life. It's the underpinning for everything. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you're going to try to spiritualize everything but politics, that's like saying, mm-hmm. I'm, going to fe- I'm going to heal everything in my body except that huge cancer. That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then Let I'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think what I, what I meant by that is just, you know. Um, no, I think we were saying the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think what I'm seeing too, it's like, I don't know the structure of, of what it's like in, in DC and, you know, maybe it's about more people moving to that city. Maybe it's about, oh, you know. I love that you said that. Okay. I want to say, uh, yeah, you and Ben have really got to come visit me. Okay. I want to talk to something you said. Okay. This yeah. is really important. Okay. Uh, if you go to France, mm. the capital of the country and the capital of the arts and culture is the same city, Paris. If you go to England, the capital of the government and the capital of the arts and culture is the same city, London. You go to Germany, the capital of the government and the capital of the arts and culture is the same city, Berlin. Mm. In the United States, our founders put Washington over there somewhere. So if you're in London or you're in Paris or you're in Germany or in Berlin, the people making the laws are having dinner and drinks every night with the people mm. who are coming up with the hippest, most forward-moving consciousness. Mm. Here, they're not even in the same city. That's why I was saying it's a walled-off city energetically. Wow. Yes, come oh here. Oh, God. That is Flood so big. this town. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And by the way, there are a lot of very hip people here, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people trying to do wonderful work here. Mm-hmm. But the material force of the lobbyist mentality on behalf of these huge multinational corporations who are just sucking all the righteousness and the money mm-hmm. out of our country out of mm-hmm. our system, out of the blood flow of, of mm-hmm. the body politic. We, mm-hmm. Yes, come here. We need, you know, a lot of us doing mm-hmm. the things we do. Invade D.C., occupy D.C., yeah, a spiritual oh invasion of D.C. would actually oh be a great idea. And we can I use my that. apartment for, for daily meetings and meditation. Yes. Listen, oh my goodness, this sounds like I can already see it, like how, how we could, you know, create, 
massive change just sitting in that. What's that one big um, monument in front of this little, ah, fuck, I forget the names of all these places. Um, the one that there's this big statue of a man sitting on a chair. What is that one? It's called the Lincoln Memorial <laughs> That's yeah, you really, yeah, you really need to come here. Yeah, I will. And it's, I mean, and it and and you know the founders of the architecture, the ley lines, they it, mm-hmm. it's very profound. Speak to you, that you, for you a know. moment. I want to talk about that, and I also want to talk about if you could offer us a blessing of orientation, and an orientation towards a, a towards like activating, you know, not allowing the anger that is like really that we feel anger because things are just going to shit. But how do we transform that anger into what we would say in Buddhist Tantra? How do we transfigure this anger towards fiery wisdom, towards being agents of change, towards stop just navel gazing in the spiritual community, just look, you know, focusing on your me, my life, my needs, me, me. It's like, no, honey, if you want to like see the world, if you want to actualize Christ consciousness and Buddha consciousness, you got to think about the well-being of others. And I love something that you said that comes a point, I'm paraphrasing you, but you said there comes a point where the self, the self becomes the other. And I think that exchange is politics, right? Am I speaking too yeah, far into absolutely. it? And no, I think, not at all. So I would love are, a prayer and a blessing for people to just sit, listen to this part of the podcast, and I'm going to clip this part, like, listen to this. This is your orientation for activation, transformation of anger, despair, confusion towards really figuring out that your dharma is a political activation. Well, the answer is what you're doing, which is to infuse the political conversation with that spiritual consciousness. As as you pointed out, there is no religious or spiritual tradition anywhere that gives any of us a pass on addressing the suffering of other sentient beings. So mm-hmm. if you're only living for yourself, that's not the spiritual path, okay? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of things, but it's not the spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Trying to manifest what you want is a lot of things, but it's not the spiritual path. It's not the mm-hmm. high spirit, high spiritual mountain. The high spiritual mountain is not where you treat God like your errand boy to give you what you want, but where you surrender your life, you surrender your talents, you mm-hmm. surrender your intelligence to be used by love for its healing purposes. What we need is more people within our transformational community who are pointing that out. Mm -hmm. Capitalism, the shadow side of capitalism, has so infected even our own community that Mm -hmm. there are people who don't want to point that out because they're protecting their brands and they're afraid they might offend somebody if they point out that there's something bigger here going on than you. Mm-hmm. So that's why these conversations are so big. You know, that's why leadership Mm -hmm. matters. Mm and also, I, I think when you talk about how do we get over our anger, I think what you said about getting over our own complacency and our own mm-hmm. self-reference mm-hmm. is more the issue than the anger. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the anger that some people do feel about the situation, I just know in my own life, and anger has been an issue for me at times in my life, there is a line, there's a line they say in AA, it's easier to act yourself into a new way of thinking than it is to think yourself into a new way of acting. And to whatever extent I have gotten on top of anger issues, it's because I just told myself to stop. That there was never a justification. And I think too much in our community, we indulge ourselves. 
I'm working on it. I'm figuring out how I got that way. First of all, at a certain point in life, it doesn't matter how you got this way. What matters is that you are that way. It doesn't matter which parent or teacher or traumatic experience of your past made it happen. What matters is that you are that way and you need to stop it. And you say, dear God, I'm a bitch sometimes. Dear God, I'm needy sometimes. Dear God, I'm controlling sometimes. Dear God, I'm negative sometimes, but I am willing not to be. And I know that I hurt myself and others with this behavior. I know that it is contrary to why I'm on this earth, but obviously if I could fix it myself, I already would have. Mm. And that's when the miracle starts to happen. It mm. doesn't start to happen in that all of a sudden you never go those places again. Mm-hmm. But what does start to happen is that everything that could tempt you to be that way is brought into your life and you get to watch yourself. It's like you're watching yourself from the ceiling. You, mm. You're watching yourself act in that old dysfunctional way. Now, in my experience, that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily able in that moment to change it yet. Mm -hmm. But I am conscious enough to be horrified at how I'm behaving. Mm. And it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And it's ultimately the change occurs. Mm -hmm. Being angry doesn't serve. It's a Mm -hmm. self-indulgent place. We all feel Mm -hmm. it. But having really hurt myself, and I think others at times, with uh, indulging that place within myself, um, I know that that a big change has come about um, you know, not that I'm 100% on anything, but there's a lack of, of indulging myself. This goes back to what we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 there is behavior modification in maturity. There is mm-hmm. biting one's tongue in maturity. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King said, mm-hmm. you have very little morally persuasive power with people who can feel your underlying contempt. Mm. So in the name of authenticity, we Mm. are too likely these days to indulge every little feeling we have, whether or not it really serves to express it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love this so much. And the reason why I brought up the anger is... Um, it's because people watch the news and they find out what's going on and they get angry and then they feel uncomfortable. And instead of actually using that energy to like, a, to wake up and create change, they go for the ice cream, they pick up the cigarettes, they drink the wine, they go watch the porn, they go, it's this the numbing cycle of like being fed being on the pulse of, what, of what's happening and being angry at what's happening in the world. Wonderful. Now, how are you using that anger to create change? I think that is what differentiates those who are actually like uh, understanding that politics, and I'm speaking for myself as I'm saying this, I'm like act- activating this part of myself, you know, um, in regards to like helping the the unhoused community here in, in Venice Beach in the, in the West Side. I'm fully invested in that, you know, um, and- that- well, it comes to a point where it's at it's at your door. You cannot bubble yourself off. I used to say, right. you know, I used to say to people all the time, "Good luck with all that green juice and gluten free." That's right. They're poisoning the water. They're poisoning the air, and they're poisoning the food. So, good luck with that. There's just, mm. you know, <laughs> this idea that I can, I, I can be okay. No, ultimately, it's all, it, right. you know, they will be on your sidewalk as well. You know, Saw, so when I ran for president, and I am extremely grateful for all the people, many of whom in our community supported me. But there was another level on which 
Mm. I was shocked at how many people, the resistance mm. uh, to, I don't know, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. I certainly am grateful for those who were kind and supportive, and there were many, but mm-hmm. I also saw a resistance inside this community, mm-hmm. uh, a, a tendency among some to hold on to the dissociation and to almost resent the discomfort mm-hmm. of challenge mm-hmm. uh, to get involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I... I don't even know what to say to that besides I wish I could vote and <laughs> you, you and have I, a very important voice you know yeah. the word influencer is real mm-hmm. so when the um the midterms come around next year which mm-hmm. will be just you know in 13 months now mm-hmm. 13 and a half mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. to encourage people to mm-hmm. To check which are the which are the candidates who would be voting for mm-hmm. um, environmental protection? Mm-hmm. Which are the candidates who would be voting uh, to resist the war machine? Mm-hmm. Which is the candidate who would be mm-hmm. forwarding an agenda of genuine pattern disruption? Mm-hmm. Which are the, is the candidate who would be standing for a much greater opportunity for people to get health care, for people to get education, mm-hmm. uh, and so forth? And everyone. Uh, who is a citizen will be voting uh, for a congressperson mm-hmm. um, next, uh, and you know, like I said, thirteen and a half months. And some people who listen to you, not everyone, because the Senate elections are staggered. About mm-hmm. a third of the country, I think, a third of the country will be voting in a Senate election, mm-hmm. and everyone will be voting in a congressional. And what you can do that is extremely important is really what you're doing. Just mm-hmm. to submit to people how important it is that they do something. And when you and Ben come to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and you, you you get all excited, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think you'll have even more enthusiasm. Listen, and would you give us guidance on your Substack? <laughs> you know, do you? Oh, I do it every day, of course. But in the, and in also, these are the people that I've vetted, that I know that okay. I. Th- that, let me tell you what that is. That's on something called CandidateSummit.com. Mm. CandidateSummit.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, in your, as my mother would say, neck of the woods, over mm-hmm. in Silver Lake community, there is a transgender woman named maybe a girl mm-hmm. who's running against Adam Schiff. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely support her. Mm, uh, a total that. example of, of the, the new kind of thinking as opposed to the corporatist agenda. That has been in charge okay. for a long time. Okay. And Marianne, can I ask you more on a, on a personal level? Are these politicians asking you for help? Are they like realize that you live there and like you are available and like, hey, there's a sage living down the street. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Is it happening? I j- I've just been curious because, you know, you were, it, it would be a lot better for me if you lived in LA or in New York when I would go see you at the church, you know? Um, it's just like, is it how are these people utilizing your 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 sage wisdom there you know well earlier in my life i was i i was i was mm-hmm. but the conclusions that i came to are mm-hmm. 
uh, an inconvenience to the current neoliberal establishment in both the Democrats and the Republican Party. So the people who I do uh, talk to in the ways you might like are people who have to do with the progressive candidates who uh, the mm -hmm. system is trying to suppress, mm -hmm. uh, as well as independent media, um, mm -hmm. non-corporate voices, mm -hmm. etc., Mm -hmm. Those do not tend to be, however, uh, the politicians in power um, mm. for good reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I was made to appear silly during the presidential campaign, not mm. because those people really thought I was silly, but because they knew how serious I was. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the candidates themselves are often nice uh, and were uh, during the race. It wasn't about the individual candidates at all. Some of them were mm -hmm. just wonderful. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm not... Uh, I'm considered uh, a, mm -hmm. a little too dangerous to touch by the people mm -hmm. who are right to perceive me that way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are fierce, and just like listening to the, you know, to the debates and 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 getting to just like know all the parts of you that I've sort of I've also been, you know, from being fearful of not knowing what to do in the politics. And when we spoke on that Facebook talk, I was like, oh, honey, you got, you got a wake up from the mother. Now time to lock it in and like really make change, you know? Every time you appeared on TV and we sat here the other night, not the other night, a couple, maybe a couple months ago, and we just watched um, on YouTube a lot of your, uh, a, lot of this, a lot of the appearances uh, during the presidential um, campaign. And every time you'd stepped on that screen, it was a transmission. It was a moment of just like receiving. And it wasn't even about what you said so much that of just the, the quality of your eyes, the depth of your presence, how all of it was translated on camera. And that is so jarring when we're operating in this like trance of this hypnotic trance of misery and, and, and separateness and and me against the world and greed. And then someone shows up that's operating from the sacred trance that disrupts our way of seeing ourselves on the world. It's, it's, it's a jolt. And that's what you did. You know, and I just wanted to say that because I felt like if I ever get the opportunity to sit with Marianne in person, I need to tell her that the transmissions that you offered, you know, through all of your work and, and especially doing the presidential campaign, because everyone around you, from my view, was in this like hypnotic trance of just, you know, self-intoxicated, um, you know, you know what I'm saying. Well, first of all, thank you very much for what you just said. I appreciate it deeply. But also, you're talking about it, describing it as a hypnotic trance is exactly right. Mm. The way our political system operates is so perilous. It mm -hmm. is perilous. We are... In a, it, our democracy is in peril. Our environment is in peril. Mm -hmm. Economic survival for multi millions of uh, tens of millions of people is in peril. Mm -hmm. The world itself is is imperiled by our military imperialism. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a perilous moment, and I think the Divine Mother is saying, "Wake the wake the hell up." That's right. But I appreciate you're talking about it in terms of hypnotic trance because it is. It's a hypnotic trance, and the mm -hmm. core of that hypnotic trance is the idea that we don't have a choice. Mm. That is the core. You know, the Course in Miracles is all, you know, the, the question of enlightenment, mm. the, the message of enlightenment is choose another way. Mm. The Course in Miracles says salvation uh, begins when you consider the possibility that there might be another way. Mm -hmm. We do not have to organize our, our society 
according to soulless sociopathic economic principles. We mm. could organize our society according to humanitarian principles. We mm. could be a peace economy rather than a war economy. Mm. We could be a green, clean economy instead of a dirty economy. And at this point, if we don't at least try, mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like the intervention with the drug addict or the alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Honey, this can't continue is what you mm -hmm. say to that person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and for all those who are like hypersensitive as a, as a byproduct of spiritual liberation, you're like, I'm an empath and these being in these environments and doing these things, it's, I can't do it. It's like, honey, if your empathy is not activating compassion, then your empathy needs an upgrade. You know what I mean? That's what I'm yeah. saying. We have got to stop coddling that nonsense. We've got to throw cold water on our faces and on each other's faces and say, oh, give me a break. Grow up. Mm -hmm. This country mm -hmm. doesn't need a women acting like girls, men acting like boys. And the last thing it needs is this, this pseudo-spiritual justification for that. You know, mm -hmm. abolition say grew it, honey. Oof. <laughs> Abolition. Abolition. Whoever wrote that impasse stuff... Uh, it, we're all empathic, okay? We're all human beings. None of us are special. All of That's us are right. in pain from these times. But let me tell you who's really in pain is the people in Afghanistan who are now told that we will cut off your hands if you say what we don't want you to say. Mm. Um, the desensitization to the pain of others in the justified by saying you're too sensitive to care. Is so unspiritual and so insensitive, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you look at the great movements such as, look at abolition. You know where abolition stemmed from? Mm. The, uh, the early evangelicals in, in um, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And many of the leaders of the uh, women's suffragette movement were Quakers. And Dr. King was a Baptist preacher. So if you look through our history, the great political movements emerged from religious and spiritual communities. Mm, wow. <sighs> we should not be the last ones to show up. We should be the first ones to show up. That's right. That's right. Thank you for all of this. And I just have um, one more question that I didn't get a chance to talk to when I ask every guest about it. Uh, is the role of forgiveness in our life? Can you speak to that? Well, the Course in Miracles says forgiveness is everything. It is the key to happiness, and it is the key to the salvation of the world. Mm -hmm. But forgiveness, the way we normally think of the word, mm -hmm. the Course in Miracles says that that's just further judgment. Because mm -hmm. when we normally think of the word forgiveness, we think, you're a jerk, mm -hmm. but I'm so spiritual mm -hmm. that I will forgive you. That's not real forgiveness. Real <laughs> forgiveness, circle back to the original conversation you and I were having. Mm -hmm. The paradox. Mm -hmm. One world is real, one world is not. Mm -hmm. Real forgiveness means standing your ground, that the, the love is real and nothing else exists. Mm -hmm. When people behave lovelessly, which we all do sometimes, mm -hmm. when loveless things occur, that is illusion within this mortal hallucination it is not the ultimate truth. Mm. And so you practice not negative denial where you look away from it, but positive denial where you look at it in the eye and deny it power over you. Mm. So forgiving a situation means what is the love that someone has shown me? What is the love that I've shown them? Because that's real. Mm 
Everything else is just the expression of our woundedness and the trauma of our childhood. We do not have to linger there. And mm-hmm. if we f- if we make it about fault finding, we mm-hmm. stay within the realm of suffering and on the wheel of suffering. We can mm-hmm. extend our perception beyond mm-hmm. what the physical senses perceive to what the heart knows to be true. Mm-hmm. And that's what forgiveness is. Mm-hmm. And And sometimes... You just have to be with that knowing because there's nothing you can say or do at the time. Mm-hmm. A text wouldn't help. A tweet wouldn't help. An mm-hmm. email wouldn't help. A phone call wouldn't help. But all minds are joined. And if you mm-hmm. were just willing to see the innocence in the other person mm-hmm. rather than the guilt, if you were willing to say, dear God, I am so triggered by what this person just did, but I know that my staying within the realm of perception of what they did to me will only make me more at the effect of what they did to me. Because the Course in Miracles says, you are heir to the laws that rule the world you identify with. So if I identify with all those terrible things you did to me, I will be at the effect of what you did to me. Mm -hmm. If I say, you know what? I know what happened. My physical self experienced it. I honor my emotions, but I'm not going to stop here. That's right. I'm going to at least stand on my willingness to mm-hmm. see the truth, which is, I know you love me, whether you knew it at the time or not. I know you love mm-hmm. me, whether you know you love me or not right now. Mm-hmm. I know that only love can affect me, no matter what you did to me. That's power, and that's forgiveness. Because uh, you invoke into expression the healing of whatever the wound was. Oh, my God. I can't with you. I'm just like, it. I'm <laughs> smiling so big right now. Thank God for all of that you do, Mary for educating well, us, thank for inspiring you, us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. We didn't get to talk about mysticism, but we talked about things that are so needed and, and necessary. <sighs> and I think we talked to... about mysticism, too. Yeah, we did. We, we we got into the conversation. I mean, I think it's all mystical, right, if we mm-hmm. look at it from that perspective. All um, that mysticism is is the path of the heart. Mm, and if you're if you're walking any path, and like I said, if you leave politics out of it, or society out of it, or economics out of it, that's a weak heart. Mm, oh my God, I love this. Oof, <laughs> that's deep, honey. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Much Mary love Mary. to you. Love thank to you. And you. I, we will so do much. that trip in Washington, and maybe we'll we'll do a podcast from Washington. Oh my God, yes, please. Well, yeah, thank let's you do so it. much. Okay, Lots of much love. love to you. I'm Sadie Simone, and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you.